Agreed. And you just made me think of something else. Like, that's going to take this down another rabbit hole. But, okay, so say that she had, like, a parasitic relationship with Marissa, like, which is why she watched Stray in the beginning, uh, which is why she watched her in the beginning having sex and all that stuff. Like, whatever happens to you happens to me. Like, this weird-ass, I can't detach myself from you relationship she also had with Nyjah. And... The project of, like, them talking about Lemonade and Jay-Z cheating on Beyonce. Maybe she did, like, you know, like, take that seriously. And again, like, reason, took that out on Khalid. I don't know. It's just, oh, how did they do this? How did they do this? So for me, Festival, for some reason, is more like Renaissance. I don't know why it didn't feel, it's supposed to be Lemonade. And I'm well aware it's supposed to be Lemonade. But it's not. In my head, festival is more like renaissance, which a festival and renaissance are like the same thing. So to me, think festival as renaissance, women's empowerment, and then the rest of it will be lined up like Jay-Z and Beyonce. Even though they do say that like, you know, Cachet's little fl.t or tft.l which is supposed to be four for four obviously um and they do say something about cachet cheated like if she was that obsessed with nausea why wouldn't she go kill cachet right like the obsession lies with the love of marissa and nausea together so in her head Naja and Marissa are the same person. And that's why the obsession comes like hardcore at that point. Someone said it. Someone said it either on TikTok or something. They were like, she wants in her head, like dissing Naja is like dissing Marissa. And that is why she starts killing motherfuckers left and right. But she don't kill the white lady, remember? She gets obsessed with trying to meet Naja at that point. And she latches onto the dude that's on the cachet tour. I, yeah, it's a very big. They do a beautiful job of leaving it very open-ended because a lot of people that don't believe that Dre did it. They believe that Marissa killed herself and now this is what snapped Dre into, like, killing everybody else. But And that's why she would kill Khalid because Khalid's the reason the last big fight. But nah, nah, I think she killed her. And we will never really know how she did it because of the hallucination and the lies that she told. Billy Eilish's character probably knows the truth. Because that bitch is over there, you know, snip, snap, snoop. Uh, getting all the answers. Again, once again, I'm going to tell you right now. Billy Eilish had me join a cult. I would have joined immediately. She would have had me up in there hypnotized and telling all my secrets. Sorry. I'm, I, I, I love Billy Eilish. I've always loved her. So I would have joined the cult immediately. So I think Billy's character is the only one that really knows what happened. Okay, I'm back with the new theory. So there also is the relationship with food. And the same way she bit that plum when she bit bit into that plum when she bit Nyjah. If you notice when she was with Billy with the Colt and she, there was a refrigerator and Marissa, the, Billy had asked her about what happened to Marissa. Then there was a plum there. And a whole shitload of food. So I think her relationship with food needs to be examined in congruence with her killing. Number one. Number two. Damn, I was going. Girl, I forgot. Oh my gosh, what the hell? 
Okay, maybe that was it. So I peeped that relationship with food she has. Because it's, it's like, not for lack of a better word. It's like super unhealthy, right? So she kills and then she binges. And it's always like binges of like sweet things. After she killed um, Damison's character, Khalid, she eats the shit out of that pie, right? And in my head, that had to be like cherry pie. But I can't tell you what kind of pie it was. I just have to assume it was cherry pie. Because he kept calling her cherry pie. So I would assume it's cherry pie. Um, and then she always eats. So I think, I think just not to analyze what I can tell, whenever she does something terrible, she has to counter it with food. Or like it, it's almost like a way of keeping her innocence. Almost like because it's like you're just a child who eats and you just did something bad. So maybe whenever she committed her first offense that put her in foster care, the one where she's like, oh, grandma, the milk is red. What'd you do? She must have either been going for something she wasn't supposed to and ate it. And like, and then now this weird relationship of like food equals bad actions is now a thing. It's very much like the show Insatiable. And I don't know if Donald has seen the show. But he basically stole that plot line. That plot line was stolen directly from the show. In the show Insatiable, it's about a fat girl. And she loses a hell of weight because she gets sick over the summer. And now she can't gain weight. But the problem is this bitch kills people. And when she kills people, whether on accident or on purpose, to be determined, um, she eats. Like, she binges. Because that's like her guilty pleasure almost it's almost like to make up for the fact that she killed people so i think dre has a very similar thing where it's like she eat she kills and then she eats to make up for the bad thing to feel better also i'm back on episode five i'm probably about to skip it because i don't feel like seeing her deal with that with their, i don't know i mean but i'm watching the part with that girl from the mall whatever her name is the the manager and she's telling her this gigantic ass lie about Naja and her mom and all this shit. And we were talking about whether she believed her or not. I don't. I don't think she does. I think she felt bad for her. I think she felt bad. She's she's definitely the look in her face is definitely giving what the fuck is definitely giving pity is definitely giving um bye. Episode seven is where it turns up. Episode seven is where it turns up. Why does it take seven episodes to turn up? Because as I started watching, I said, some of these shit ain't adding up. As we're getting to the end, I start guessing it. And now I'm all the way confused. So shout out to them, because it, it, it took them a while. But episode seven is where it turns up. You finally got me. Finally got me. You know what I just realized? Rewatching episode six of Swarm. Dre was the person who had ran on stage. So that ending was completely in her head. On episode six, where that woman was like trying to crack the case, she cracked the case. They had her in custody. And yeah, so everything they were saying, so six should have technically been like the last episode. But like, because I'm talking about like all those other murders that she was about to get get, uh, arrested for. Yeah. And to conclude on the theory that Dre killed Marissa, we know she did, which makes me think that those conversations with uh, Khaled and all that shit about the fight is not even, doesn't even matter because just seeing how on episode seven when she 
thought for a minute and then she was like okay look and then just started choking her like that's exactly how it had to have happened i mean we've established that dre is an an unreliable narrator because she just be making up shit that feels correct in her head if that makes any sense so yeah i mean yeah i always assumed that episode six was actually the ending like i've seen episode seven i was like oh that was the real ending and then this bitch hallucinated episode seven down well maybe not the whole episode but at least down to nausea meeting her and bringing her on the stage and putting her in her bosom or whatever the fuck happened um definitely made up because that don't make no damn sense but you know really thinking through it she could have imagined that conversation too with um Khaled, Khalid, what the, the boyfriend, Damson, <laughs> the boyfriend. She could have really uh, imagined that whole thing when he said, you know, fight, blah blah blah. So we'll never know, I guess. I know, and I know we talked about like the color theory, and it was pretty much rock solid that Dre was delusional and she killed Marissa. But for some reason, I just like rewatching it. The sixth episode and the seventh episode made so much sense because I was looking at um. I had watched that episode, literally watched it, started, wasn't paying attention the first time, rewinded it back. I was like, oh my gosh, this episode is the best episode ever. Um, And, you know, like, got all the hints. And even at the end, when they showed the picture of the real Andrea Green, you know, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's, what's, what, what's tea? But I feel like the first time you watched it's for shock value. And the second time, I was like, oh, this is the black woman. That solved the case of the first black woman serial killer. And when she was like, obviously, you know, we're watching her go to all these different um, interviews. She went to Marissa's parents' house. She went to the adoption agency. She's doing the investigative work. And then at the end, she's like, we got her. They're going to hold her down in Atlanta. And that's when they showed her mugshot. And I was like, oh, shit. She got arrested. <laughs> Dre is no more the fictional character, you know. Um, and then watching episode seven, you get so lost in Rashida and Dre's love story. And uh, I'm so glad that they included that part to it. Um, because again, at the end, when uh, Rashida has snapped off on her, and I was, when I watched this time, I was looking for Dre's reaction. I wanted to know, like, because Rashida was going off. And I wanted to know, like, what she looked like, sounded like, did before she killed somebody. And she literally was like, uh, what's her name? Rashida went off on her. I don't know what, I forget the last thing she said, whatever it was. And Dre, <laughs> Rashida got off screen. Dre looked down for a second. She was like, okay. I, was that her processing the fact that she was about to kill people? Because honestly, even with everything that happened after that, burning the body, ki- killing that man in the car for the tickets, I'm like, this girl is a serial killer. She don't give a fuck. She really does not give a fuck. She's going to kill you, no matter how much you quote-unquote mean to her. So everything just started making sense and clicking and... Yeah, it's just wild. I think that's the thing about serial killers that people don't understand. Um, that they literally are going to kill you because they want to. There's nothing else around that. Like, 
that's it. That's T, that's the quote, right? Like, they're literally serial killers. So she is a good, like, dissection of a serial killer's mind because you're right. When Rashida basically hurt her by saying she didn't want to go to the nausea concert and blah, 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 blah. She didn't give a fuck that she had been with this woman for a year. That shit hurt her, and now I'm going to hurt you, which means death. And that's where, like, I think about serial killers as, like, Ted Bundy. I have done a large amount of research on Mr. Bundy, and I don't even want to think about what kind of shit that did to my mentals for a couple weeks there. But, (laughs) like, Ted Bundy was charismatic. Ted Bundy was, like, real, like, friendly. He had a whole-ass girlfriend and wife at some point. And was still out here murdering bitches. Because you want to and you do. And the thing about like Dre is that she doesn't want to accept that that's what she's going to do. She always thinks there's a reasoning behind it. And that's why I don't... She is a serial killer by definition. But like she doesn't believe she's a, like she's a serial killer. Everything's for a reason. The only death in the entire series that is her fault but was not at her hand was um, the fat dude that this <laughs> with the strippers like the strippers technically killed him and i think that made her physically sick because that was the like the one time where she felt defenseless like she couldn't even try to be a killer because he got her ass good so after that she was really like it's me or you and it's always gonna be me i don't know i i do need to rewatch it just to like analyze it in a different perspective because the first time you watch it you are watching it for shock value and you're like capturing it the second time you already know it's about to happen so now you can really analyze it but yeah, no. Episode six is very much the goof by the door level of quality of how good it is because you forget that that's actually not. It's not a real story, but it is apparently because the real Dre it got her own episode on Netflix, low key. So here we are. I'm also gonna make a special note and say that a lot of people didn't like the ending. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't like the show. They thought it was just doing too fucking much. And I think it takes a certain level of appreciation for that kind of art for it to be good to you. So, like, I have a friend who's, like, tired of Donald. (laughs) Like, straight up was like, I'm sick of these ambiguous S endings, and I hate it. And if you're not expecting that, then the show sucks or the ending sucks. But in me, as an appreciator of the arts and appreciating ambiguous endings, even now, sometimes I'm like, I would like it to be red or black like, red or blue, or black or white, like, I would like it to just be one or the other, like, this ambiguity drives me nuts, so, there is also that layer, where, to some, it was just doing too fucking much, and that's real, and that's your truth, right, but, like, to us, we've been talking about it for weeks now, so, (laughs) literally, and you know what, I, I think that's just what it is, it's, like, they really did that, like, because how I'm viewing it now, now that I've watched it twice, I'm like, they really went through, they crafted an amazing ass story and they did it in such a culturally relevant um, skill. Like the amount of people pulling filmmaking techniques out of this and they're doing it so good. Like, stop it. They, it's, 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 and, and I feel like with the ending, I felt like, and now that I've watched it twice, that, this story has like a perfect bow on it. Not a perfect bow. There, I still have questions because this art, you're gonna qu- have like question things. There is everything isn't like black and white in your face. But they did so much. <laughs> they did so much. They told a story 
of a black woman serial killer. And it's, it's I, I don't even know what to say. It's culturally relevant. It's what niggas are doing every single day. But it's told in a point of fiction. Like, I don't know. Like, and even with the, my, with the mockumentary, that's a skill. And Donald Glover, he, he can get into his own bag with the, those episodes. Because they look real as fuck. The first time he, and a goof at the, who sat by the door was, uh, uh, that was an uh, increase in skill. Because the first time he did it, it was season one with BAN, that like fake TV network. And of course, that felt more real because Paperboy was on there. He was like interviewing, going back and forth with like the transgender um, spokesperson woman thing. And it was set up like a late night TV show. And then he had the commercials. He had commercials about like malt 40 or like malt liquor and uh, black and mouths. Like he had like commercials, but they were like black ass commercials. And it's like, you, I don't know. Like you just have to like, I don't know. I just, yeah. Like you said, I just appreciate it because it's like, it's so true. It's, It's so fucking true. It's like, Historic accounts of shit, honestly, culturally. And, like, what? He took something, for example, like the black and mouth thing. He had the actual, whatever it's called, like, backwoods. And they're, like, selling the backwoods. And then he, but the whole commercial is them ripping it open and dumping out the guts. And they're like, I love black black and mouths, or whatever it was, or backwoods. And it's like, that is so true. Nobody does that shit. We know what this is for. So, I don't know. I appreciate it. And, yeah, I, we could we could literally keep talking about Swarm and Atlanta and all of his projects. And um, and, and also, like, the women on, on this series, too. Like, Janine Neighbor, she wrote that last episode. And we know that the show is also co-created by her. So, it's like... I love the aspect she brought to it. I feel like I can see, like, it's... it. Donald Glover plus her goes nuts. Goes nuts. Um, and, yeah. And who and all of the writers and everybody who worked on this, like, they really ate down. They really ate. I think sometimes people just can't appreciate the full um, beauty of art. You know what I mean? Like, season one of Atlanta has got to be one of my favorite seasons of all TV. Like, I love season one of Atlanta. Um, And then season four of Atlanta is my second favorite because it's such a fucking mess. (laughs) That damn uh, crank that killer. Listen, chef's kiss. So, yeah, we can talk about the beauty of it and, like, you just have to either like it. It's one of those things where it's like you either like it or don't. And it just is what it is. And if you don't like it, I don't judge you for it. I just... Be like, all right, who's not for you? Because everything's not for somebody. Um, primary example, because I have this conversation with people plenty. Um, Harlem. A lot of a lot of women love Harlem. I don't like Harlem, and it's not. I'm not saying it's a bad show. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. It's not made for me. Like I'm not a black woman in my like late twenties, early thirties. Like I'm not. It's not my. I don't. I can't relate. And that's fine. I can still say that the show is good. But I can also say at the same time, it's just not for me. And that's okay. And I think that's how Swarm is for a lot of people. Like, it's just not for them. My best friend loves, um, like, horror movies. She's like, I do. And she's, she won't watch Swarm. She says something about 
the whole shit just don't even look like it's going to be good to her. And I've tried to explain to her that if she can watch you, she can watch Swarm, and it's not clicking. She also doesn't like Donald Glover like that. Like, ain't like his music, ain't like none of his shit. Like, she just doesn't. So I think it's just like a thing. Like, mentally, she's just like, nah. But we can appreciate it, and we can definitely go in debt. I want to see what the next projects are looking like because I'm curious. It's like Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele has a similar trajectory in the sense of um, he started with Get Out and then he progressed, right? And I will say with my whole entire chest that I didn't care for the movie. Nope. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was above me. I think it was above me. But, like, I can appreciate the beauty of the movie. And as long as people can appreciate the art, but it's okay to not like the art. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Which is strange because I also, on this like a side note off the Harlem thing, because I did try to, I promise you, I tried to sit there and watch it and I could see why people like it, but it just wasn't for me. I liked Insecure just fine. And I can't really, like, I do relate to the characters in the sense of like, me and Issa both worked at not, when, I, when Insecure came out, I was working at City Year. So I literally, Issa's job was my job. Like, we had the same job. So it was crazy because I was like, this bitch works for a nonprofit just like I do. So I can relate to the characters more, I guess. But I'm still also not a black woman in my 20s living in L.A. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, I'm rooting for Harlem because I, I root for all, for all, you know, people of color to get all the shit on TV. Every single, take over the white people. Love it. But yeah, at the same time, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I don't care for Harlem, but I I loved Insecure. I don't know what the difference really is at that point. No, I do think that there are two different shows. Honestly, even though it's centered around like black women and friendships, they tackle career and um, just like certain elements of friendships in different ways. Like even with, I love Harlem because I love the characters. I love the actresses that play the characters and like Grace Byers, the character that she plays, they talked about like depression like even though she's super rich super successful like she has issues with like her parents and she you know discovered more about her sexuality so it's just they they touch on t different topics and honestly it's like a really cheesy show but i like it fyi you may be a guest on the podcast uh i think i'm just gonna clip our <laughs> conversation i feel like we have like 30 minutes worth of content so yeah I think I'm going to work on that and drop it this week or next week.